0: Hi everyone, Uh, this is Toad Pickford from The Health Army, and this is The Creative War Room 2024. This is season two. Can you believe? I can't actually believe it myself. Please subscribe, whatever you do, whatever platform you're on. And to kick 2024 off, I've got some amazing guests today. Um, I know all of them, so um, I've paid them money to, to be nice today um and we're talking about being a hired gun now i don't mean uh somebody with uh, a piece of artillery i'm and i don't mean some sort of freedom fighter i mean a freelancer and in fact there are over four million aussies uh doing some kind of freelance work and with improving sort of technology and work from home being even more abundant these days i can only see that growing so you know it's it's an exciting area um, but it's not for everyone. Um, so I want to introduce my guests now. So, um, Helen Mann, she's the interstate intergalactic copy genius over in Adelaide and sometimes in Sydney. Welcome Helen. Hi, And over on the Northern beaches here in, in Sydney, sunny Sydney, we have Darren Seddon, creative partner at the corner shop and the cream of Manchester hired gun. Welcome Daz.
1: Cheers Toby. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: And believe it or not, somebody who was in, in, in Australia somewhere, and then was it somewhere in in Indonesia. Now he's over in, in Spain somewhere. I think, I think that's the last time he was, it's Gaz Ogden director and and lead writer at Go MedCopy and international hard gun or intercontinental. I think it says here, hard gun. Welcome, Gaz. Thanks mate. Great to be here in Spain right now. Yeah. In Spain. <laughs> in Spain, Amazing. So we have, you know, this goes to show that uh, we've got people in Sydney, people in Adelaide, people in Spain. We've all worked together. We all work on people in, within Sydney, Adelaide, wherever it is. It just goes to show that freelance is really kind of, um, you can do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. But, um, so I don't know, guys, what do you reckon? Do you, do you feel that, um, more and more people given given the state of affairs right now where we can all work from home if we want to more and more will become a bit of a hired gun i don't know uh, what do you guys think
2: well it may not be um, their choice whether they become a hired gun i mean because i think the way things are changing a little bit in organizations is that are they preferring uh, to use more freelance than employing people on permanent contracts so it may not be choice so yes there may be more people that are becoming hired guns, and and just the way um, priorities have shifted a bit to that sort of um, work life balance. So I guess people are choosing that option more.
3: Yeah. I, I kind of I agree that I'm not sure how many people choose to become a freelancer. I know that I did, and I remember in the the months leading up to it was actually like so you were you were my boss at the time (laughs) and um in the months months leading up to decide like deciding to go freelance and actually pulling the trigger on that i was i was so stressed out man like it was it was one of the most stressful decisions i've ever made because you take going from a predictable monthly paycheck that's Mm -hmm. consistent it's the same every month it's there whether you're on holiday or not whether you're sick or not and you are effectively chucking that to the wind on the off chance that like you might be a success freelancing like that's what that's when you plan it awesome. so i i think just from my personal experience of going through that stress i'm not sure that many people choose to do it um i think that it's more what helen said like um you know agencies grow and they shrink and people get made redundant and you still need to put bread on the table so uh, I reckon there's probably a lot of freelancers that are going to be involuntarily enlisted over the next months and years. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly what the guys said. I think there's just going to be a few jobs, fewer jobs around, fewer positions, mm, yeah. especially as, you, as the creatives get a bit older. The agencies will get more streamlined. They'll shrink their offices. They'll, uh, they'll cut their overheads. So yeah, there'll be a. I think it's a little bit more, not by choice. I mean. Some guys do by choice, but I think Gaz is right. There's a, there's a lot more creatives out there now than freelanceing than there used to be, but that's probably because of the state of the industry now.
2: I think it depends what stage in in life and what you want out of your career as well. Like I think, um, you know, you can get to a point where, like now, I prefer being freelance freelancer, a hired gun, as you call it. Um, and I wouldn't particularly want to go back to permanent employment. I think making the leap is really hard. When you are in permanent employment, as you say, Gaz, it's really sort of scary, isn't it, actually yeah. Yeah, yeah, thinking about leaving that regular income. And you're right, sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you do have a choice. Um, I had a choice, and gosh, it was it was hard it was it's, sometimes it's easy to be pushed actually to, to do it um, now that i'm freelancing i like it and i wouldn't necessarily want to go back i have gone back and i've come out again but um yeah
3: yeah and um look i i got convinced to become a freelancer by someone who was already doing it and she was doing uh, exactly what helen you and i do right now like freelance copy and medical writing and now that i've done it Um, I've realized that all my initial concerns about making that leap were just completely unfounded. Um, and I've actually, I've actually come to realize, and I'll talk about more on this in a bit, that you have way more job security and predictability with your income as a freelancer than you do as a permanent staff, because in my opinion, there's no such thing as a permanent role anymore, foreign agencies, like how many, you know, if, if we, if we think about agencies we've all worked through, i worked with, um, probably every single one has made redundancies uh, at one time or another. And yeah, it's it's not the 1970s anymore. Permanent roles aren't permanent.
0: No, I don't think anything's, anything's permanent. It was really interesting what you were talking about, though, you know, having that sort of getting getting confirmation from somebody. But that predictability, um, I think that's, a, that's a really interesting point because what's these balloons suddenly just turn up. Um, sorry, you can't visually see this cause you listening to it, but balloons are suddenly putting pe- out my screen. Um, yeah, p- the predictability part. I wonder if that's, and I want to throw throws to, 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 Daz. I wonder if that's part of being a medical writer or a, or a healthcare writer, a healthcare writer kind of thing is the predictability on the art side of, of, of things. I just, I'm just wondering that.
1: It's, it's. I don't know. I might be a bit biased, but I think it's easier for the writers to get a steadier flow of work than the art directors. That's just um, that's just the way I've found it. Every time I chat to the writers, they're always flat chat. Art directors I speak to, not not as much. I mean, especially now because AI is jumping in and it can uh, it can cut out a lot of art directors and can cut out a lot of.
2: A lot of writers too. You,
1: yeah, it's not a chat GPT. Is not as good though, is it? I mean, you've got to you've got to fix it once you if you use it as a base but yeah it's it's not as not as steady mate i mean but um it's still enjoyable it's it's different every day it's a different every it's a different brief it's a different job every every couple of weeks it's um it's nice not as steady but i'm lucky we sort of live near the beach so if it's quiet for a day i'll i'll run to the beach or i'll (laughs) walk or i'll then you'll get but then you've got to get on the keyboard and you've got to start chasing stuff so like Gaz was saying, there is there is a little bit of stress around it, but I suppose it keeps you on your toes, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, 100%. So, so do you guys agree with that? Like that predictability is, is probably more wedged towards or, or pushed towards the more the writing side of things?
2: i think yeah i think so. I, although we've got a bit of a niche you know we're both healthcare writers um gaz is probably a bit more medical than me and that that helps i think i don't know how easy or difficult it is to get regular workers just a general sort of creative writer maybe it's different could be
3: mm. yeah i think um i think it's to be honest like definitely the medical side helps because um, as we all know, uh, medical writing isn't pretty uh, a lot of the time. It's um, it's highly content driven. So there's a lot of content to be created. And also uh, with the whole AI chat GPT thing, uh, our clients, uh, they're so tied up in, in regulation and legal requirements and everything. It'll be donkey's years before they're employing anything like chat GPT. I think it probably scares the crap out of them. Um, so yeah, I I think that it's the the steady flow of work that Helen and I probably experience is probably a bit of an anomaly specifically for like medical writers who, who work in like both medical and creative copy.
1: Mm.
0: So if you're thinking about going freelance guys, make sure you are a medical writer or a healthcare writer, (laughs) (laughs) although, you know, I was just thinking, (laughs) I was just thinking that, that steady, steady thing is to be a man of, or a woman, um, or a Helen man, uh, a person of, of, of many hats, right? So, and I know that Daz are you kind of like, you do, you do headlines. You're not, you're not just like, you know, just a pure art director. You do other things as well. Don't you, mate? So
1: it's not, I bit... probably write bad headlines, mate, but yeah, probably headlines. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, I've, I've done a lot of healthcare. I've done a lot of digital and direct and we've worked for some agricultural clients so i mix it up a bit which sort of keeps me busy we've got a couple of other clients of our own so it's a it's a mixed bag but it's it's a nice mix
2: and actually i mean we're saying that you know being in health helps but you know in the past my goodness i've done a, a company report for i think zurich insurance once you know so that there's different niches and and maybe yeah. people that have a niche where they're really expertise is in IT or engineering will also um, find probably work comes more readily when it's that sort of heavy duty content that not everyone can write. Mm. Um, I think also it depends that that regularity of work, what has helped Gaz and, and me is probably also the fact that we are not just sort of starting out as writers and having to find new contacts and do a lot of chasing because we have been employed in permanent work and have a lot of contacts and as you say gaz when you talked about there is no such thing as job security the plus side of that as a freelancer is that all those people move to other agencies and suddenly you know you you've got this um breadth of contacts out there that are all working in different agencies that suddenly Mm. as a freelancer you've got more opportunities i think it's much harder probably being young and new to it and sort of forging that freelance life than than it is probably for us in that we at least have some contacts to get going with
3: yeah for sure and i I don't i think it's more of um i don't want to call us old dogs because we're we're not we're not that old (laughs) but um you you gotta you gotta have you gotta have like quite a few years under your belt before you can go freelance, in my opinion. Just because, and you know, we were talking about like wearing different hats. Like Daz, like writing copy lines, and Helena, you know, trying your hand at like more uh, legal technical stuff. Um, I mean, the other the other week, I was editing video for one of my clients. <laughs> so, and, you know, I, I've got no business. Editing video, but um, I was st- still required to enable to do that. And I think that um, basically, as a freelancer, you have to, you have to cut your teeth in, in agency environments, I would say, more than one agency. So you get like uh, a breadth of experience on how different processes work and how different teams work and get a bit of an idea of what's good and what's bad. Um, but also you, you need to, you need to be able to do everything already yeah. because there's there's no there's no like learning on the job as a freelancer if you if you get booked into a job and then you you do a shit job and that comes back you just won't get booked again so you shoot yourself in the foot so i would say in what in what hell i think it's different for for every um profession um but like for what helen and i do i wouldn't be trying to go freelance until you've got about five or six years of experience personally um
2: yeah more more. yeah yeah and 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 i did too but i think also i enjoyed being part of something you know when you start out because there's a lot of learning to do there is a lot of learning um and i think maybe that's what people are going to start missing out on a bit more now that there is more of a freelance culture um you know having a permanent job is good it is good especially just sort of in those early days because you're you're learning from others around you having said that there wasn't a work from home culture um you know when you go back a bit i remember gosh i i don't even remember being able to, to work from home on it on any day because it was i think seen as being a bit of a i don't know just gonna head off to the beach or something i don't know you just couldn't do it easily. Slacker. Yeah. You're,
0: a slacker, you're a slacker man sl-
2: if you wanted to work from home um but um yeah i I just think that yeah when you're starting out especially if you can be in in an office environment not an office environment but an environment where there are people around you i guess whether that's working from home you've still got to be able to connect with lots of other people that you can learn from it's certainly easier when you're all there sort of sitting side by side by side but um that really helps i think to have that grounding and then to go freelance as you say though there may be not that choice for a lot of people these days so that's perhaps a luxury i
3: know yeah i think i think that we actually kind of came through the agencies at, at the right time because talk about work from home like when i was at mccann health in london i didn't even go home i was like after <laughs> that until like two in the morning every day um and I, i've never ever agreed to do that again but um it probably made me a better more disciplined writer going through uh that sort of experience. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that all you guys have also worked outside of Sydney as well. Like, did did you cut your teeth in London or
1: no, Manchester I, or elsewhere? I was in Manchester, then I, I went to Mauritius, then I went to Johannesburg, Johannesburg, and then Joburg, I, came, no way. Then I came to uh, Sydney and Melbourne, and back to Sydney. So
2: when you were in uh, Mauritius, da- Darren does
1: <laughs> does yeah. Um, yeah
2: did, did you uh, were you working for UK company
1: a, no no a little a little agency based in Port in, Louis, in Mauritius the capital yeah so, so they just started there about five little agencies the, the work wasn't great but um it was like yeah. a it was a dream little jobs like a sabbatical for a year I flew in over the nice. sugarcane fields they picked me up they put me in the middle of the island with another English guy who's a designer They won't put us on the coast because he said we know you're English you're just going to go to the coast and get pissed every weekend <laughs> you'll come in you'll come in drunk you'll still be able to wing your work because you're you can do that but it's you, you see that's
2: the difference isn't it so you when, when you you in those days when you worked say Mauritius you had yeah. to work in Mauritius whereas Gaz these days look you're in Spain you're in Indonesia you're wherever you want to be but working for UK companies Australian companies
3: yeah that's right yeah I've got clients in mainly in Australia but the UK the Middle East I've got one in Japan um most of the time they don't care where I am I've got a couple of clients that it does matter more that I'm on a similar time zone, but I just don't work for them as much when I'm not on their time zone.
0: Yeah, Daz, have you got clients? Because I mean, yeah, it's funny because we've all we've all actually got clients as well. We haven't. We don't just like necessarily always work for for, for agencies or whatever it is. the freelance. We do have our own um, our own clients, our set clients as well that we have to operate from. Daz, you've got. You got the corner shop, so you have your own own, own clients, and 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 have you got people sort of in different states, or is it mainly around uh, New South Wales? We,
1: New South Wales and Melbourne, a couple of herbicides and agricultural, but we've we've just started doing some freelance for um, a little marketing agency in Milan. Kind of ah. yeah. so that's, that's that's interesting, but the time zones obviously make our meetings or our little calls either late at night or really early in the morning, but. It's different we've only just started working from uh, about a month ago little, little project fantastic yeah. how That's did here. you nice. how did
0: you get how did you get some some agency in milan like look looking up a, a, a place in yeah. on faith in colorway
1: nice facebook would you believe they, they posted something on facebook looking for creatives because these guys have got their, their own little marketing setup they've got everybody the guy's got people project managers based in cairo he's got his account managers based in slovakia he's got People everywhere, but you didn't have creative, so he posted as a lad looking for creative. So sometimes I apply for these things. Sometimes you don't. You just sort of go with the flow. And they gave me a call, and we, we did a little test project, and they liked it. So that's a awesome. So yeah,
0: it's, that's uh, great. It's nice, and well, interesting, I, bit different. That's got to be one of the most resourceful freelancers out there. it will always email you with a new project. So. I guess, you know, you gotta keep, got keep trying a lot. You gotta keep trying. Yeah, you gotta learn off, got
1: to off keep trying. you know,
0: people people like that too. You gotta to keep trying and and uh, I think that's 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 super important. And I know we were talking about um uh Gaz, you made a good point about having the years under your belt. So so freelancers do you reckon it's a is a kind of an older game. It's an old for for an older I mean I'm I'm, I'm I'm not saying we're all old but is it is it for an older style of person hmm.
3: um I think that it's what set, what Helen said um it it depends on your stage of life um so I think that it's it's kind of like a it's like a mid-career move I reckon um because you sort of when you when you when you're a real old dog you want to be in that like executive creative director immovable furniture position where you just you know you finish your career on a final salary pension all that kind of stuff that's that's the goal right but um when you're kind of mid-career um and depending on where you are with like kids and that kind of thing i think that's that's the time for for freelance in my opinion um Mm -hmm. because it gives you it gives you that sort of flexibility It, it sort of uh helps you kind of really because you've already got all the skills you need and it just kind of helps you get more contacts from doing more diverse work, really figure out what you enjoy and who you like working with. And then you can sort of, I don't know, ground yourself a bit more and find like where, where you do eventually want to be part of the furniture or whether you do want to sort of set up your own agency eventually, or just if you, if you like it that much, just carry on freelancing forever. I mean, I've got, I've got friends in London who, um, oh man, they've been freelancing for like 20 years and they, they still love it. They still do really well. Um, I think that I do think that the, the freelance gig or like the, the use of freelancers is changing a little bit. Um, I, like, I know that you guys have, have done some, some work, uh, with, uh, with Susan recently, um, and, and her sort of model of like, a, a, a completely remote agency. And I think that we're going to start seeing more and more of that. Like, um, there's a, a lady over in uh, in not milan but quite close by uh, como um uh, called uh, jen lambert and she actually runs a remote agency called uh, i think it's called click health and it's like a completely international thing it's much like what daz was talking about where you know you a project manager in egypt you got a accounts people in slovakia or, or or wherever like and i think that this model is kind of growing and becoming more popular because you know, you're able to really like pick the best people from around the world at, at you know, different things. Like you're able to get to sort of very senior writers, very senior project managers, because you come to a point when you, when you look at the hiring pool, I think, uh, for an agency and you, you have either people who are really, really junior, which is, which is great. If you're an agency that can nurture that, or you kind of, don't so you've got got to move people from you know senior positions in other agencies to get them over to yours and you know pay headhunter fees and all that kind of stuff whereas a lot of very good people are sort of in that freelancing stage
2: can i ask then gaz if you're saying you think it's a a mid-career thing would you um because you're probably around that stage um would you then can you see yourself wanting to go back into permanent employment later on
3: not not really right now
2: yeah because i'm not sure if it's mid-career or just once you you know Mm -hmm. go freelance you don't you're you're happy there you don't necessarily want to go back but i'm just wondering then if you're seeing it as a mid-career would you then i i know it's like looking ahead isn't it but is that something you'd then consider i think
3: it depends um so i i get i do have a lot of clients who try and bring me on permanently i have that conversation with people probably once every couple of months and Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've not ever taken them up on it, but that's kind of part of that's down to, um, it not being the right position Like people sort of, you know, you get offered what you, what you currently do a lot of the time. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into an agency doing what I do. I want to sort of do that next level up. So I think maybe, maybe I'd go back in for like a title jump, you know, like get that first Associate, to, you know, associate creative director, or, or something like that. That that would potentially be worth
0: it. It's interesting, you know, just dialing back on the um, dialing back, but sort of reversing back onto this this whole idea about going. Would you go back in? Would you accept something, Baron um, and Helen? would Baron, would you like if somebody turned up and said, "Hey, mate, you know, can you"? look after this agency for me, can you head up the creative department? Would you do it or would you you would sort of am an r about it?
1: Depends uh, where it is. If it's a, if it's a real creative challenge to, yeah, never say never. I mean, mm. it's the same as Helen. I've, I've had full-time roles, then gone freelance, then gone back to full-time and gone to freelance. So I, I don't mind. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's all about variety, really. If got, if it's a good challenge, then yeah uh, i probably would i
2: I wouldn't now i i did before just for a little bit of security um i guess actually it was during covid but but now that i've sort of come out again i still talk about coming out it's like freedom um i'm not sure i want to go back anymore I, i really like being in control of my own time and yeah i think you know you talked about is it an age thing i think there's a in other industries this sort of gig economy i think there's a lot of it's quite a young thing isn't it to be Mm. attracted and onto jobs and and have not have that sort of permanency about their your job but i just think it's easier in what we do it's just easier as you're a bit older once you've established contacts and you know what you're doing as gaz says you're only as good as your last job and and experience really counts as a freelancer Mm. in what you do
0: yeah yeah I, th- I think so yeah i think i think i mean i, I agree I, I feel you do need to have a bit of that experience because you need that self confidence um to deal with people and having having been in a full-time role or being in a leadership position or whatever it is i think you need that you do need that i think it's important because if you just go out in there are oh, stuff that you've had a like a six months in the industry and then go out and do freelance. It's really, really difficult. And I think it's, it's really, really tough. I think to have all those experiences, um, I mean, I wouldn't have changed it, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. So, but I think about, I think about what we miss, what do we miss in, in, in full-time gigs would be interesting you know, to, to know or find out, You know, what what is it you miss about being part of an organization and what don't you miss about being part of an organization? just want to throw that out there
2: i know what i think i miss uh, or did miss I'm, I'm sort of reconciled with it now i'm okay with it but you you don't get so involved in the bigger picture so you tend to be fly in fly out rather than being really on the ground um i mean that, that, that's not always the case but i think when you're part of a company part of, a, of an organization you know you're far more involved in um jobs at a deep brands at a deeper level possibly um and you either like that or you don't and i liked that um so is that ownership
0: of- owner ownership how yeah. long is that like seeing Do it, it you know, through and,
1: and
2: seeing it through just being pulled into like strategy meetings which you probably won't as a freelancer you just get given the job um yeah. so that that's i think something i think uh, at one time especially when we all used to be office based i think um you know i'd miss seeing people being being around people but then working from home culture has changed that so there's perhaps less of a, a gap now between freelancing and permanency in terms of that people are working from home a lot anyway in agencies um, so yeah probably those two things
0: miss what about you uh gaz and Daz? what about
1: uh, I, I, I do miss the agency vibe because I mean, I'm working at home and in my little studio here there's just myself and two cats because my wife's out working the kids are at uni so I go for my coffee in the morning you meet a couple of people you come back and you go okay it's me so I, I, do miss, <laughs> I do miss I do miss I do miss the meetings I do miss the presenting face to face because you can gauge your reaction then it's hard to gauge your reaction sometimes when you're presenting on teams especially if you've got just the presenter in front of you you can't see the, the faces of the clients it's a yeah it's, that's sometimes it, when you know where you're going right are you going wrong you just uh you don't know till the end but uh, yeah i do miss the the vibe the christmas parties the uh the coffee machine you miss a little bit of that you miss the interaction with the like you say the suits the strategy people and the other creatives that's right that's uh, it like, be- like the beers, like beers on a friday
0: night yeah, yeah
1: the, the agency bar but yeah like helen says i think a lot of the agencies are trimmed down anyway so there's not many people in the office like they used to be So it would be a bit different experience
0: guess what about you
1: um
3: well i actually uh, i i think probably the only thing i miss is the social side of it um i miss having uh like an art director partner like you know you sort of um when when you're a copywriter in an agency you sort of get partnered up with uh, an art director a lot of the time like like the the last partner i had was uh, was simon when I was working with YouTube and you sort of you, you you sort of approach work as a as a team when you when you're in that environment, I, and I do I do miss that. Like it's kind of you're you're in a much more isolated position as a freelancer. Um, I wouldn't say that I miss the like the strategy stuff for being involved in meetings and that kind of thing because I, I still very much am. Like the the types of um, I guess jobs that are on my plate most of the time a kind of long-term not not quite permalancing but pretty close to permalancing where like i really am the sole writer on a on a client's brand or, or whatever so I'm um, you know I'm, I'm in meetings as much as i would be uh if i was in a bricks and mortar agency on the ground in sydney which as you guys can probably imagine is a pain in the ass when i'm like 11 hours behind in a different time zone. Mm. but you know it's still it still does work um but yeah, I I definitely miss that social side, but as like the other guys have said, I'm just not sure, I'm just not sure it exists as much as it did like back when we all started, you know, like if I if I think about my first agency uh, in London back in like 2010 or whatever it was, I started, it was a madhouse, you know, I was in my early 20s, and it was an absolute zoo in there. It was so much fun. Like It was it was the most fun start to a career that, that I could ever want. Our office was in like literally Piccadilly Circus in central London and it was a zoo. It was, it was crazy. Um, but I just, I'm just not sure if it would be like that anymore. Like there's, you know, Friday night, everyone, everyone works from home on Friday so they can like go away for the weekend. <laughs>
0: yeah, because <laughs> Friday's a new, yeah. Thursday's a new Friday or something like that, isn't it? It's crazy.
3: Oh, yeah, no, well, Wednesday was the new Thursday back then as well. Yeah
0: hello hello Helen, Helen you, you you talked about meetings and things like that. I mean what what don't we I mean, that's some of the I'll tell you what. Sorry, I'm not saying things. I love the
2: meetings. That that's oh, not Oh my I'm god, today. come on. <laughs> no, no. Um. You do.
0: you love it. You love the meetings. You
2: love the and meetings. So you said involved, to me personally. So involved in I type
0: I want can I have more meetings please, you say to me. <laughs> that's what you used to say.
2: No, it's more the sort of, you know, when 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 there are people that you well, i guess this is being more in the office but when there's people around you'll just sort of grab them and, and sort of go into a room and discuss a, a creative brief and, and it's a little bit more you know you just i don't know it's a bit more happening i don't know <laughs> yeah as, as you say darren it's like you just you, it's less isolating i quite like the social side of it too um, but having said that you know i sometimes still call up people that i have worked with and just have a chat And i guess that's also one of those things having not been freelance from an early stage in my career you know you've already built up those contacts so you're still a little bit part of something um yeah community. i work with
1: a a couple of copywriters who live quite locally so we we team up for all the jobs that we get in they they get some i get some and we'll go across the road to the the Colorado beach club in the afternoon or the evening and produce some of our best work after a few wines and a couple of beers as you <laughs> used to fantastic. Old days. so yeah we still you've like like guys says it's it's still good to work with the rider you still get to bounce your ideas off you still get to work as a team because that's just uh that's just the way we've uh, been brought up the way we've learned we i experienced it's just the best way
2: and to as, I know we're sort of working in isolation to, to a large degree, like I know I could call up Gaz, having already got those contacts, if I wanted some insight into something a little bit more medical than I'm comfortable with, I I would have no problem contacting Gaz, and, you know, we talk tobe on issues that aren't necessarily jobs that I'm working on, so um yeah, yeah no, that's, that's
3: true and, that's... and we we have done because we we both work on the same client don't we helen we do and i really
2: like that, that. Yeah. and there's no competition that's the nice thing it's not about any competition it's it's mm. actually really valuing having someone that you know to bounce an idea off or get get the information you need so i've, I've liked that yeah that's
3: exactly special. i think um it's, it's funny uh cause, because you, you guys, the way that you guys freelance is, and work from home uh, or work remotely is a little bit different to the way that, that I do um, because I'm, I'm doing, like I really hate this term, but like the digital nomad thing, um, you can get yourself in some environments where you can still have that. So you can sort of have your cake and eat it. Um, I think it's more of like I mean, it's not it's not exclusively like a like a younger crowd. I, I wouldn't say that, but like you you generally only find it in places where you've stu- you still got to be like young and sprightly to be able to put up with the discomfort of living there. Like I'm talking places like Bali, uh, Phuket, uh, in Europe. Um, Madeira is a uh, is a massive like hub for digital cakes. nomads as well. <laughs> yeah, great massive hub great, great, yeah. yeah great cake and great wine um, but basically you sort of, you get these like um, sort of co-living co-working arrangements and in that environment it's like, it's, it's it's a bit potluck um, who you get surrounded by but like there are other people like us who do things like digital design um, web building uh, like writing art directing like all all sorts of stuff so you you, you can you can find that um, completely independently of being in an agency you just have to go looking for it, yeah. um, you know, I, and I'd say it's a good thing to do for, for a little while. Like, I've met some really like interesting people, like super, super interesting people, people who are like, you know, proper. Um, I don't, I don't want to use the word grifter because that's not really what it is. It's more like. Um, you know, you know, like real, like people who really like see and grab opportunities like that, they just have like that next level of motivation. Mm-hmm. I've met some people like that and like, they're, they're pretty incredible to be around. Like this, this lad I met in uh, Phuket, he used to run, um, F45 gyms back in Melbourne and he made like a lot of money doing that. And then just one day he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I want to figure out what real rich people do so he sold his gym so this, this is the kind of like crazy people you meet right he sold his gym and he bought um a really really expensive car because he had this idea in his head It's like what what do what do all the real rich people do they drive around in real fancy cars so i'm gonna buy this like really expensive car and then join a car club and he did and then he made friends with all these guys who are like turning up in their ferraris and aston martins and all this kind of stuff And he just basically kind of casually asked them what they do for a living. And they were like, he said, said basically, nine nine out of 10 of them ran their own software company. So I decided to start my own software company. And he he did that. He now runs like an AI software company that, um, manages databases for companies all over Australia. So (laughs) this is, it's like, it's like complete lateral thinking. Like, you know, I was, I was sitting there opposite this guy like on this you know this roof bar in Phuket and I almost dropped my beer I was like that is the weirdest story ever but it all completely makes sense
2: so you yeah, know you all, well I guess my point is like you, you
3: you've you kind you can find yourself working and collaborating with some really interesting people if you go looking for it in in like the freelance world Daz is looking up Ferrari at the I was just gonna say
2: he did his research he knew what he was doing he's entrepreneurial by nature and he took a risk um, and so he deserves some success from it, doesn't he? I think a lot of people maybe look at that sort of life and think, oh, I want that and think it's easier than it actually is.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, completely. I think, I think a, a huge part of it is, um, like a lower, you know, just like a higher tolerance for risk than, than the, uh, than the average person, uh, certainly in, um, in that guy's case. But yeah, three, I think. We all exist on that spectrum as freelancers,
0: probably. I just want to circle back to this whole idea of workplace and all that kind of stuff and thinking about freelancers and thinking about the culture that we miss, but we can easily like, like Daz, you're doing it there, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting people down the, uh, at the local club and, or in the cafe and Helen, you're calling up people, um, you know, and Gaz is meeting, uh, these weird, weird dudes in, in, Rooftop bars in Phukets. so I think it's up to us to develop a, a culture, isn't it? I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, we try and do this. And this is one format of, of de- developing a freelance culture is having a having a channel, a podcast. But I think, you know, do you think we could do more of this? You know, in terms of getting out there and meeting freelancers, coming together, you know, face to face, more, more to the point. You know, I just think is it up to us to try and build those. Cultures of a freelance culture and actually develop a culture.
1: It'd be good to get one of those uh, You know those little what workspaces, but maybe it's more dedicated just to creatives. It's a uh, copywriters art directors designers photographers illustrators So it's like a specialist And you have some of those little hubs because those whatsoever places are based Pretty much everywhere. I did a couple of trials in a, in a manly one and a Brookvale one just to see what it's like, but uh, It's a nice a nice little atmosphere. I've got a uh, They've got a receptionist there. They've got a whole open space with lots of little desks. You can bring your dog in there. There's a there's a kitchen for there's a coffee machine. It's like it's like a little mini agency, but you're just paying the rate. The rate's good, I think. I might take it up this year. It's like you pay a hundred bucks a week. It's not a lot to get out there and to sit amongst to like-minded people. But uh, but they're they're not solely creative. But if you do a creative one, then
2: yeah, no, it's funny you say that because when I came to Madrid. Yeah, when I came to Adelaide originally, um, I near where I lived in the sort of city centre. Though I know I walk, used to walk past when I'd go to get my coffee. There was a place like that, and I, I already always decided right, I'm going to spend like a, a day a week or a couple of mornings. so I never did, but I, I really it, it's a, it's appealing, isn't it? The fact that you, that was good. you know, just being with people, it's, it's like minded people.
0: I, th- I think it's. I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I, think it's a, I think it's really important to try and do that. I think I. I don't do enough of that. Sometimes you get stuck yeah. in this little room here, or, or sometimes it's nice to go out to a client. You become all excited or we'll drop into an agency, and it's quiet. Great, this is what it's like, and you see all their faces of fear. You know, they, 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 you know they're, they're just dealing with dealing with shit, and you're kind of like, "Yay, hi, how are you going?" So, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, you know and. and they're probably just thinking about all the, all the stuff they have to have to do as we, as we all, as we all do, but you know, I just, and going back onto that whole idea of, of, of agency, what, what do we, what do we don't miss about being a part of that? I mean, I know meetings are, are kind of like one of those things and ridiculous, ridiculous, wasted meetings.
1: Um, it's one of the things I don't, I don't definitely don't miss at all. And yeah. uh, what about you guys? Getting debriefed at uh, 5 30. I don't miss that. I'll, I'll mention no names. <laughs> I'll mention no agencies, but she knows who she is. But, but yeah, I don't understand. And, and the and the commute, obviously. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah debriefed yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, debriefed at that time. You know what? What are they? What are what are they intending on trying to do? It's just like here we go. It's off my plate onto it was, yours. Yeah, exactly. exactly it. I, they want to
3: pass. They want to pass. Like all the shit that's in their brain. They don't want to have to think about over the weekend. They want to transfer it into your brain so that you're thinking about it over the weekend. That's that's all that is. Because <laughs> then they can take it up, they can take it off their list, and then go like, "Yep, I've already I've already told the creative team. I don't have to
0: worry about that, and do it on Monday."
1: It's a hospital pass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Helen, is it too raw for you? Because I know you're just back into the- no, no. So, I mean,
2: I don't miss I don't no. miss um, the politics, if you like. Although I never really got involved in office politics, but I like uh, just being away from that. I don't know, it's, it's, yeah, that's probably the main thing. Um, What do I miss? I don't miss a lot. <laughs> that's what I could say there's not much I miss. I think there's more advantages than disadvantages. Once you're comfortable with that sort of irregular income, um, being okay with quiet weeks, when you know that you're gonna have some really busy ones you know, over the next couple of weeks, you've just got to be okay with um that side of things. Once you're used to that and you know that the next job's gonna come, um, there's not a lot not a lot of downside really.
0: No, that's good. What about, you know, being being the sole trader, freelancer freelancer folk? Um what's what's some what's some of the sort of like tough, tough things about it. I mean, I, I find, you know, uh, we have to wear so many hats again, you know, we have to be masters of everything, um, which is which is fine. In, in this day and world as as Gaz was sort of saying, but you know, doing the finance side of it, or, or you know, trying to get the in, an invoice or doing a quoting or doing something like that. I've, yeah, that, that can be quite tricky. That can be quite harder. Um, do you guys oh, find mate. that?
3: the i'll tell you what the amount of hours i have spent trying to figure out how to not pay any tax because i'm like not living in australia <laughs> just to just to put it out there for anybody listening who's also trying to do this it's basically not possible like the, the ato has got you by the balls and <laughs> to lose to lose your tax residency status is is nigh on impossible unless you like fully commit to moving somewhere like dubai for four years um you definitely wear a lot of hats and like there's a there's a huge amount of admin that comes with being a freelance that you don't really fully appreciate until you actually start having to do it um whatever you can automate on that side like will definitely help you out like my my wife uh, nikki also freelances she she's a, a clothing designer um, and she sort of has clients in like hong kong the uk australia all over as well and she still does her invoicing with like an Excel spreadsheet, and like tra- tra- tracks all her finances with Excel. I'm like, how, wow. how the hell? How do you have time for that? Like, so I, 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 personally, with anything like that, if there is a solution that can automate it or make it simple for me for like fifty dollars a month, I will, I will pay for that because it saves you hours and hours and hours. Um, I highly recommend Zero if you guys uh, know Zero. And yeah, like, use it. I, I, I pay for the, uh, the projects like plug in for zero, and it's it's awesome, you basically have like a little app on your phone, and you open up projects and you create all your client projects and everything in there and then you tap on a timer when you start doing your work, and then you stop that time when you finish doing your, your hours and it, like logs accurate time for your clients and everything it's, it's an absolute godsend like it's, it's worth every penny and like for me as well, because I, I work in multiple currencies. Like I, you, you need you need some sort of software solution to to take that workload off. Because, I mean, even just managing your schedule between multiple clients as a freelancer can be a full time job. Sometimes it's uh, it's way more hectic than I signed up for. Let's put it that way.
1: And we're <laughs> taking a short break to <laughs>
0: zero ad. This is uh, Gareth. I'm going to talk about zero and <laughs> zero fucking, No, I use
2: it as well. I'm surprised because I, I don't. I don't find it that arduous. I don't know. I and I, I, I don't. I do things manually too. Okay, I'm like your your wife. I'm, I'm like Nikki.
0: I <laughs> Bits of paper in the car somewhere. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> just I'm, writing on the back
2: I'm, of receipts. I've got one big notepad. I guess it's just me. Um, so you know, it's not like I, I'm getting other people to do work for me. It's just me i know the jobs i got to do i mean maybe you've got more you know greater number of jobs concurrently going on Gaz,
1: i do a bit of both uh, i use harvest to track track okay. all of my time and but then i also do i like to do my little daily to-do list yeah. handwriting on the pad then you lot. You you get, <laughs> get your marker out and draw the line through <laughs> that one draw the line through that one Then you check that i got i got half the stuff done at the end of the day a yeah. little bit of satisfaction You've done half what you're supposed to do. Do you, do, z- you- <laughs> do you zero? That's you zero, won't it? Yeah, we, we, my wife does that She's so she's like a partner with me in our little collective. Cool. So she does all. Her, she does the accounting, and she, she's got zero. I just use Harvest for the tracking the hours, logging the hours in. So we, and we then you could look over to your wife, say, "How did I do? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to you know, i st- I'm I- going to zero
2: after this, mind you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I stay I stay clear of the numbers. I get in trouble for stuff with the estimates.
0: I know it's, it's really tricky. I've, I've, uh, I, that makes me sweat more than a tough brief, to be honest, having, having, you know, something that's so scary as, as all these numbers, um, particularly if, you know, you have a couple of clients and you want to, you know, you want to get these, uh, the estimates, right. So, you know, hats off to, to some of those, those guys that do all that. And I have a really high appreciation for some of the finance team now, you know, it's like, not that I didn't back then, but you know, how they you know, had to deal with a lot of ins and outs of, of, of things. And also, you know, the account service guys, you know, they did a, did a lot of work and, you know, so I miss, I miss a bit of that, but once you get it, like, you know, like Gaz said, if you can get it automated, I think it's, you know, it becomes a lot easier, you know, and it, you can then appreciate everything as well. So it's, it's pretty important to, this is good. This is informative for everybody who's thinking about going. So we've given them all these like plugins and to-do lists. As to-do list absolutely hundred percent live yeah. and die by the good old writing it in a pad to-do list. And there's nothing satis- more satisfying than scratching it out. Um, I think, um, with, with this kind of thing, like you, the, the way that, the way
3: I did it, um, was I sort of started out in a, in a way that was preparing myself to scale. So I just, I, I just looked up first and I was like, okay, like what's, what's my business model it's hourly billing for like writing work, right? So anything that I'm doing that's not that is dead time effectively. So I just wanted to make sure that I was minimizing the amount of, of dead time because you sort of, I think you become way more, you know, t- like when we're all working in agency, right? Timesheets are just a, they're just a pain in the ass. And um, you know, you, you sort of end up at the end of the week having like accounts or traffic like hassling you or like, you know, Toby like dealing over my, my back like breathing down my neck like you do done your time sheets it's like no man like, leave me alone i don't care about time sheets when you're <laughs> when you're like freelancing on your own like that's, you like, that's like, the least yeah you care because that's, that's exactly what you're getting paid for right so um i would say you know obviously if you're if you're listening to this and you're just starting out as a freelancer or thinking about starting out don't go out and pay like 80 dollars a month for the max zero international with project subscription like you don't you don't need it until you know that you need it but like at least start with something like that's you know going to prepare you to scale that so you know get the the free version or or whatever just so you have a process and that you're organized because the the last thing you want to do is come up to you know end of tax year and have done nothing
0: because that will be like a colossal nightmare to fix. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Daz, I'd like to know your feeling on this one, because it's that cash flow because you're waiting on somebody else to pay you and you have to pay out somebody, um, and you want to pay out, pay, pay the person cause they might have a 14 days term or a seven days term, whatever it is. So you want to make sure you, you keep them sweet and, and then, but your client might have a 30, 40 days term. And then sometimes they don't pay on time and you're chasing it down. That I find super stressful. What about you daz do you find that, Look,
1: that kind you know, of it, it's all down to cash flow don't i mean a lot of the guys i, I work with as friends are part of a network you've known for years so if the client's going to be a little bit late or if they've got a 30 day or a 45 day I'll, I'll just let the guys know and they're okay with that i mean so it's just sometimes the clients or some clients pay fast i'd, I'd like to pay straight away i'd like to be but then our cash flow won't won't be able to do that because uh, if you're waiting for a job that's going to pay you 30 grand or something you can't you can't pay everybody and then sit and go oh, shit we've got no money left so mm-hmm. it's it's a bit of trust but all the guys i work with i've we've known for years so we all trust each other so we do it and sometimes we're yeah. delayed but so it's, it's fine so it's, so it's uh, just being trustworthy just having mates you can rely on to help you out
0: that's really good I- that just sort of makes me think about you know how we should be treated how should freelancers or contractors or hired guns or we're saying or i'm saying how should you know how should they be do you think we're we're treated differently to full full-time people um i don't know what's what's, what's your guys opinion on it i
3: think it depends i think it depends on the the agency there are some like what Dara was saying about payment terms like that can, that can actually really kind of make or break your business. If you, if you have a client who has like a, like there is one in Sydney and around the world who shall remain nameless, but their payment terms are ridiculous. It's like, like 90 40, days or something. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like 45 days from the end of the month. So if you completed work like today, you're not getting paid until, uh, mid April. Right. That's, that's mental. And like, that's, that's fine when, you know, when they're, when their finance team are dealing with like huge suppliers, you know, like if they're, you know, contracting a massive agency, that's, that's fine. But when they're, when they're dealing with like, uh, you know, me or Helen or Daz or you, and, and we literally have like a Woolies shop to do, mm, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, we can't wait. We can't wait like two months to get paid for, uh, for our work like it's it's insane so um i i think i think that uh freelancers are still treated a bit poorly or at least there's no consideration for that kind of thing from a um from a payments point of view um and then like from a, from the other side uh, there is like this sometimes like a bit of a disposable
0: that was, uh, the, uh, was one of, I was one of the clients that's racing off. <laughs> oh going to go to the bank, going to the, <laughs> bank, go to to the bank with all their names and shame on the podcast. Yeah. With all that, <laughs> all that bags of money. <laughs> you were saying guess?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just saying, um, I think, I think from, um, yeah, from like, a uh, like a treatment point of view, it, I've never, I've never really felt like I was treated poorly. Like you, you, you are turned on and off like quite quickly like so if there's a need they call you up and they need you now and if there's not they ghost you but that's that's fine that's just part that's just part of it i just i just wish that like there were more with some agencies not everyone like most people are pretty good with there were more like uh considerate payment terms like yeah. taking into account that you're literally just a guy who's got groceries to buy yeah totally at
2: times, what do you at feel times- and I, I, at times, I felt that being small fry compared to you know some of these big clients or the suppliers that these agencies have um, is a good thing, though. And, and you know, at times, you know, if you if you form relationships with someone in the payment sort of office, that really helps as well. You know, and, and when and I think you know, if they know you, they know you're you're small. You know, you you and you depend on that payment far more than um you know a big supplier so i've been fairly fortunate yeah i, I don't know who um that that agency that shall remain nameless is <laughs> but I uh, yeah, best avoided because um i've tended to be fairly fortunate occasionally you think oh hang on i've not had that that invoice paid and you know you chase it up and it's got lost somewhere apparently <coughs> but
0: that's what do you what do you feel you if you had any the experiences or you've, everything's
1: school sweet no but every agency i've realized in, i mean there's been some really good ones i've enjoyed it you you meet a lot of great people there don't you the finance side they're fine we i, I always say thank you when you get your little invoice have a great weekend and you get your payment just to just yeah. to build up a little bit of a rapport but uh on the other side everybody you've worked with is great i mean i've only had a couple of run-ins but they there was a with actually a Vicious individual dogs at a couple of agencies. One was the Lulu the poodle at uh, Archer. Didn't like me. <laughs> there was a little, uh, there was a vicious little chihuahua in uh, Insight called Chica, and uh, yeah, I, I was sitting next to their their owners while we were working, and the, those two individuals didn't like me. So, other than that, everybody I've worked with, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been great. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Of dodgy dogs. I think they can smell your cats. Probably. Yeah, there must be something like that, mate. Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's that's that's
1: what it is. I think did like the work I was doing, something like that? Wasn't
0: <laughs> yeah, I just think the general, I think the general sort of thing is is to sort of as Gaz was saying, just this when you when we are taking on freelancers or or people that are that run a contracting sort of business, maybe just just think differently and think about the other side of the fence and and what they've got to do. And Darren, I, I reckon I agree with you, mate. It's just saying thank you to to the people that pay you, and I think that's really important. Having an acknowledgement um, when you get when you get payment, great. Received it. Thanks a lot. Really, really appreciate it. And I think that's had really nice little little good things, little tidbits um, yeah. to take on.
2: On the other side, just not talking about the financial side. I think what is nice is that I think we're treated quite well as freelancers by the people that take us on. And the nice part of is that appreciation. I think they really do appreciate. work we do for them because as you say gaz Mm -hmm. often it's short notice you know they suddenly realize they need someone tomorrow uh now that's not always possible but sometimes it is you know and i think they're grateful and i I think we all certainly get some nice feedback and appreciation of what we do
0: yeah or sometimes you don't get any feedback at all and it's a while but i think yeah sometimes you don't get anything
2: but generally you know it's it's fairly good
1: it is and that's that's quite
2: important like I think you've got to have um that sort of feedback that that you are doing good work um
0: yeah yeah that's
2: exactly right freelancing you know you maybe you don't always get um you don't see the job how it actually ended up you may not see the final product um but yeah just that getting feedback good feedback is is important and I I think we've probably all experienced that that we do actually get some appreciation which is nice to have
0: yeah yeah
3: i think um part of that is actually that uh, when you're employed as a freelancer it's usually because the agency or the client are drowning because they're so busy and that's why they need you so once once you've you know done the duty and and given them the work you've kind of like you've solved their problem for them and they're just almost relieved to kind of get that work moving and, and onto the uh the next stage so you you sort of i think you just become like out of sight out of mind a little bit it's not that they don't appreciate it it's just that they're so busy and they're just so happy to be able to move it on um so when especially this doesn't happen all the time but like when you know when i've done a piece of work that i think is like quite different or unusual or something that i want for my portfolio or whatever. You just gotta just email them. and say, "Hey, how did that go? Um, can I have a look at the the you know? Can you send me the final artwork files or whatever um, for my uh, for my folio?" And they're usually more than happy to to do that. Um, I, I don't think it's any sort of neglect on on their part. A lot of the time, I think they're just busy and getting on with the work. And uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that's 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 a that's a good point. I think having all of us having worked in agencies and understanding Standing all those, you know, machinations and all those different sort of things that are going on, and how people are stressed out to the to the max, you know, those quiet times, all those things that they don't see. And I think you can understand it all a little bit easier. Um, I feel um, we're coming to the end now, guys, because I, we could we could talk forever. I mean, I'm unsure, you know, um, I don't want this, this this to go on for for I would mean, I love to, but. We've all got things to do with freelancers and um, contractors so um, if anybody what would you say to anybody who sort of wants to jump into the into the thinking of going freelance? I mean they probably found out already about what we've spoken about but is there is there sort of a couple of top tips or something like that you, that people are thinking about doing it and wanting to jump?
1: I think uh, you've got to, you've got to do everything with a with a positive attitude you've got to do it with a smile on your face if they actually do something yes yeah, no problem. we can we can do it just uh, nice. answer the answer the brief. Do it well. Make sure they see is happy. Then, like Helen said, they'll uh, they'll appreciate you, and you'll get you'll get called back. It's just uh, don't don't fight with the grave director over little uh, little bits and jobs. Just uh, do what they want. Do it well. Yeah, I agree
3: with that. I think um, never forget that word of mouth is probably your biggest friend or, or enemy in this business so you know make sure that, that what whatever comes off your desk is, is something that you're proud of and you know i don't think you'll have a you won't have any trouble going forward because that's that's where 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 your future work comes from is is where you send your work right now
2: yeah and i would just say just do it um fear can and that 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 fear of the risk can stop you making that leap and five years later you'll still be in the same situation so i'd say just do it don't be scared of letting people know that you're available no one will give you work if they don't know that you're there um and don't underestimate the value of having a coffee with people you know i found that in the past i've just made contact with people gone for a coffee and they that you know a job will come of it because they didn't know that you were available and suddenly they know you're you're there and you can do oh a project that they've They've got you know waiting and they're looking for someone to do it. So, yep, just do it.
0: I think they're wonderful guys. I just think that all those all those tips, you know, are, are fantastic. And if anybody's thinking about doing it, I think you know. And by the way, if anybody is thinking about it, just please contact you know this crew here. um You know, I think everybody's on LinkedIn or got an email or set for. I don't think. Helen, you don't like LinkedIn, do you? So Helen hates like LinkedIn. Helen, LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn. Do,
1: Helen hates LinkedIn, fair enough. Yeah, that's oh, right. it's, that's full <laughs> it's full of LinkedIn's
0: full of bum sniffers. I hate Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm on it, but I, I hate
2: mean, LinkedIn. <laughs> <social space>. Bum
0: sniffers.com. <laughs> oh well, we
2: will
0: yeah. agree on that. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. That's another thing, isn't it? I mean, like, you know.
2: <laughs> another topic another
0: podcast that's another that's, that's another And pod- right. um, my last sort of uh thing for you guys you know have you got a like a because this is the creative war room do you have like a war cry you say to yourself you know helen you just said just do it i know it's Nike's thing but something that's so brilliant it's just like um those three words is that something that you sort of say to yourselves or like, write on every job or when you go into a meeting or when things are looking shit, and the the people haven't paid you for for ages, or the client's gone off with all the all the money in the car, um you know, is is there something that you say? Is it like a little little freelance war cry you say to us, say to yourself?
2: I think when you're freelance, just to go in and be a bit of, I don't know, like a, not a breath of fresh air. I, I'm not going to profess to be that, but just be someone. <laughs> be someone that they're pleased to see that you're there to help and make their job easier and um yeah just always be on i think you've always got to be on that's it as a freelancer yeah nice yeah
3: i think uh mine is for when you're like snowed under and it's stressful and people are on the phone and people are on teams and people are on your email and i think mine would be it's just advertising, no one's gonna die. Yes. No one's gonna die. <laughs> yeah. People get so caught up in how important the job is, and it is it is important, but no one's gonna die. We're not like paramedics.
1: <laughs> that's good, that's good. I, I when I worked in Joburg years ago the career director had a had a great mantra. It uh whatever the stress was going on, he'd walk through the department and he'd go, Love in, hate out as it breath, breathed as he breathed the Deep breath, love in, hate out. Then he'd go in, close his door, and he'd hear a few things getting kicked around in there. And he'd come back out and go, "Okay, let's go again." So I've always kept that <laughs> love in, hate out. I've, I've carried that mantra with me since uh, I heard it from him years ago. So that would that would be oh,
0: that's nice. Love in, hate out. Was he was he like a yoga teacher as well? Was he?
1: Was it? No, he was just a crazy yeah. Afrikaans crafter. director. Actually,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Mate. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think all those are great. I think mean, having that smile on your face, being on, no one's going to die. That all sort of ties into that sort of, yeah, that that being free, being a freelancer, uh, being a hide gun. Um, and I think it's a, it's a wonderful indus- industry, uh, what we're in is health, healthcare communications. And I'm really, you know, what I've got out of this whole thing is, you know, I think we need to keep the culture of meeting up and keep that fire burning i think that's really important you know taking a leap to, you know don't 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 worry about things but have have enough experience before you sort of jump into this this stuff um so i think there's there's some wonderful insights that, that um that are part of this podcast here so i really want to thank daz um from the uh from the corner shop there and the cream of manchester i want to thank helen Helen, uh, the interstate, intergalactic copy genus. I want to thank her from Adelaide. I want to thank Gaz who got up early um, from all the way from Spain, uh, from uh, Go Med Copy. And you know, I want to thank all of you guys for for joining the Creative War Room and uh, for being the first off in two thousand twenty-four. I really appreciate it. I hope this podcast you know really inspires somebody to. To do something, or scares them off. You never know. So thanks, guys. I really do appreciate <laughs> it. Cheers, Toby. Thanks. Toby. Cheers, Toby. Um, and then maybe we do it again. We'll do part two, maybe on LinkedIn or something. Not the bomb smithing, though. No. I'm
1: <laughs> <not. We'll laughs> in trouble for that. LinkedIn special. <laughs> <laughs> We're we'll getting in trouble.